lies, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everybody, to the great, to the great Playa del Carmen, where all of us are about to go ziplining and have a great old time. Except me. Well, yeah. Uh, no, welcome uh, to the last discussion of Herzog, as this is my book. Uh, we have, I will let you know that we have all finished the novel. However, Austin uh, will be leaving us in approximately 30 seconds here. So all I want him to say is how he's feeling about the last section. Um, kind of about how I was feeling about the other sections. <laughs> ah, okay. Sorry. Rate it out of ten. What'd you think? I'll give you that after the discussion. What? But you're not going to you be guys, here. What about our millions have... of listeners? Yeah, what about our fans? Your... You guys need to have your discussion before I can rate it, remember? No, you rate it now. Yeah, rate it now. Give us a number. God and then you can it. go ziplining. Uh, okay. Um, if not for the discussions, I would give it a six. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. But because of the discussions, I would give it an eight. Nice. Wow. Well, you've heard it here. If you're listening, your opinion of the book will grow by two numbers uh, just by sticking with us for about an hour. That's a 20% increase for you math fans out there. <laughs> so, and that is, that, is, that is a larger number than any other book pop class can currently offer. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, I... I, I would highly say that if I did not have a group to read this book with, I would have put it down and tucked it away and never looked back at it. Damn. And this is not this is not scripted, listeners. He is saying all this from his personal experience. Yeah. I um. Too many adjectives. I. <laughs> that's how I feel about Sound and the Fury. I'm glad we read that one together. Yeah. There's certain books that need a group I feel like and I think this is one of them um, mostly because I loved hearing the theories um, about <laughs> oh, man. You know, how, this, how this book connects or doesn't connect <laughs> to other uh, cultural influences and all that sure. stuff so, I had that input, it would have been like, also, man, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? For listeners who don't know, Austin is currently in Mexico, and that's why he is leaving shortly. Okay, that's it. Signing off. Going to go get another uh, mojito. Oh, how do you say that in Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> mojito. <laughs> Perfecto. <laughs> Okay, muchas gracias, adiós, hasta luego. Goodbye, Austin. That we're recording and we miss him. Uh, and tell him to call home. Like his parents are worried. What's up, Ben? What's up, Josh? I said tell him to call home. His parents are worried. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, um, I hope we don't get discouraged by Austin's low rating because I have a lot of talked about. I have at least ten sticky notes in my book. So I, I have one sticky note in my mind. <laughs> That I'd like to talk about. 
I so. have a couple bullet points on my notebook, but not as many direct quotes. All right. Eric, you want to start? You are leading. You are hosting. Let's hear All your right. bullet points, my dude. Well, 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 can I? I really want to no. say something about the first sentence. No. Okay. Shoot. No, no, no. Let him go. Let him go. All right. Go, go Josh. I just no, want to point out that. because, and I don't want to jump into my rating, but one thing I'm going to say later, and I'm going to say it right now, is that I agree that this novel could at times be boring, but Saul Bellow is a very good writer. Nobody can take yes. that from him. And yeah. uh, I thought that we ended in a really great spot because it ended with the trial of that mom, right? No. Oh, shit. If I remember correctly, uh, the last section ended with, like, Herzog running his hands through... Oh, oh yeah, no. you guys are right, shit. Hey, cut this, yeah, right? cut this, cut this. I, I'm so wrong. Cut this out. And then in the morning, he took Ramona shopping. Yeah, back to the flower store. Yep, I'm wrong. Just cut this part. Just cut this part. No. Ramona... No, 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 Josh, tell us about... Here, here. I'll even read the line to you, and you give your detailed uh, extrapolation. He took Ramona nope, to her I... shop after breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you what did you find in that? Yeah, Josh, tell us about the first sentence. Was it the shop after breakfast? The use of the pronoun he. No, it's okay. What chapter were you referring to? Now we're interested. Yeah, let's. Yeah, um, tell us about the trial. I thought it. I thought for some reason that we started right after the trial where oh, the mom killed kid. her kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was pretty far in. Uh, okay. So let's pretend yeah, that we did. York, what do you have to say about it? I was it? just going to say that I, you can, and then the next chapter uh, is where he flies to Chicago. Yeah, New York could not hold him now. He had to go to Chicago to see his daughter. Yeah. Madeline and Gerbach. And I just thought it was like that trial was like his call to action. And like seeing this mom kill the kid made him afraid of what Madeline and Gerbach were doing to his kid. And yes. it, like, spurred this whole final section of the book. But that was not the final section because I was wrong about where the final <laughs> section began. So, And here we are. I'm actually glad you brought it up because the one sticky note in my mind pertains to those scenes in the courthouse. Okay. May I share? Yes. Yeah, that's actually my first bullet point as well. Uh, murder okay. scene, which is pretty directly after. So... As you guys recall, Herzog was just kind of hanging out and watching two trials. One was the mother that had killed her child, and the second was, like, the prostitute who, like, attempted to rob a liquor store. Um, and I thought that those were very interesting because throughout the book, I don't know, myself, at least as the reader, is constantly evaluating Moses Alcana Herzog and he didn't do that well in my judgment I do not think he's a particularly good person I don't think like he's not an ideal individual he's not a role model by any means mm -hmm. but so with that judgment in mind we're presented these two trials and one exemplifies like parenthood and the other is pretty representative of like sexuality uh, which are two hot topics to Herzog. And it was kind of a reminder like, hey, Bill, don't be so hard on Herzog because at least he's not a prostitute and at least he hasn't killed his kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was yeah. like kind of like the two very extremes 
I was like, we... hey. What? I don't think that's the reason why we see the trials. No, but it's good because we were criticizing Herzog last conversation for being a womanizer and um, very, being very ignorant. Uh, he's very smart, but he's also very ignorant at the same time. And so, like, we were critical of him as a hero, but I don't know. You you forget where the bar is set. But, Josh, you don't think that's why we saw the trials? No. So now I ask you, why? Why, well, Josh? So, so uh, I want to say first that I agree that Herzog is not a role model. Um, and I, I think he is intentionally supposed to be not a role model. In the beginning of the book, yeah. and this book is his journey to becoming a better person. Um, but I think we see the trials because it's part of Herzog's uh, journey of self-discovery um, and a lot of it, especially in this third section, I think relates to death and these trials spur memories in him of his childhood like that long section we get about his mom um, Yeah, and so the trials force him to confront feelings that he has and that's why he correct. gets like violently ill correct 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 and then he has to leave I don't know like that's cool but then the very next thing he does is like oh I'm just gonna go grab a loaded revolver and go stare at my kid through a window because, because I think he is he's not changed by the trials he's spurred sure. to action he's motivated right like that's the catalyst mm -hmm. yeah I just don't want to say like moving on like it was a great like healing like a great um you know like learning experience it was just like I, I gotta go see my kid and I think it, it and I think it brings up themes that are explored later in section three i just my question then is like remember when he got the letter that said madeline and gerbosh are constantly fighting and leaving the kid in the car mm -hmm. why does it why didn't he go to chicago then like why does it take him to or like why does it take a court case for him to realize that potentially his daughter is in danger because i think it took the the death of that child to like make it more serious for him so was he like totally ignorant at the fact that some dads beat their kids i don't know maybe it just Probably seemed not. weird that like it, think... that that realization had to hit him well but i mean it's like imagine if like you were told like oh your your aunt in california is sick and then you go to a hospital and you see like a sick aunt and you're like man i should really uh... go to california you know it just made it real yeah well and he had, he received that letter, and then that's when they started thinking about like custody suits. That's when he talked to Hemmelstein mm -hmm. um, about it. So he was reactive to that, but just not as um, enthusiastically, excited. Sure, sure. Okay, so then let's play this out. So he it's the catalyst. Well, and then, then and then I want to talk real quick about. Um, the flashback, or not flashback, when he's reminiscing on memories about his mom. There's something I, I want to read because I think yeah, it's let's... important for the book. <clears throat> it's on my 284. It says, Yes, it reflected the deep experience of a race, its attitude towards happiness and toward mortality. This somber human case, this dark husk, those indurated lines of submission to the fate of being human, this splendid face showed the responses 
of his mother's finest nerves to the greatness of life, rich in sorrow in death. All right, she was beautiful, but he hoped that things would change. When we come to better terms with death, we'll wear a different expression, we human beings. Our looks will change when we come to terms. And I think that's okay. that's like what that's foreshadow for what is going to happen to Herzog in the final part of the book. How so? Yeah, well, so, elaborate. Well, so, um, what next do we get? He goes to visit his friend. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, first is the gun thing. So, he goes to Tanti Tanti Tuba, whatever it is. Uh, Tuba. Yeah, Tanta Talba. Tanta Talba's house and gets the revolver to be his instrument of death, right? And he goes to Gersbosch mm-hmm. and Madeline's house, and he's going to kill them, and then he sees Gersbosch in June in the bathtub right so he's Gerbosch very kindly and very gently bathing his daughter no more monkey shines <laughs> right and then uh, he sees the love that Gerbosch has for his daughter changes his mind decides not to kill them and leaves and then he goes to his friend Luke's house um, and Luke just had his monkey die um, oh, that was so that super well written scene too. Super depressed um, by the death mm-hmm. of his monkey, um, and that leads Luke and Herzog to have this conversation about death. Um, and I let me find the part. Uh, basically, Luke is saying like the way to confront death is to uh, imagine that you're in a coffin, and you know who do you yeah. talk to when you're dying. And what would you say to them knowing that, like, like you can't lie because you're going to die, so just be honest. What would you say to them? Um, and I think it's like Luke and Herzog are doing essentially the same thing, right? Because Herzog is writing these letters and not sending them, so it mm-hmm. allows him just to be totally honest. So they're, like, doing almost doing the same exercise. Um, and I think it, the point is that you see Luke doing this. Herzog's doing the same thing. Luke is doing it to confront death, so why is Herzog doing it? Um, to kind of confront himself and confront death and, and right. That There's sort a quote. Of thing. Uh, I've got one as a bullet point. It said Herzog, and this is from the very beginning. It said Herzog had been overcome by the need to explain, to have it out, to justify, to put in perspective, to make amends. So it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Herzog right. just needs to figure his whole life out and have everything that happened to him make sense. And then, right, and then, so there's that whole thing, and then he gets in the car accident, and it, there's a line that says, like, and she saw me lying here looking like I was dead. And I think that is, like, the the turning point in his life, where he realizes, like, hey, Gersbach and Madeline aren't a threat to June, and really I'm the threat to June, because who's the one that almost killed her? Right. Um, and I think Ooh. that's like his confrontation. That's so interesting. I had a bit of a different interpretation. Whereas you focus on the car crash, I focused on Gerbosch. And what I thought the bigger turning point was, uh, was him just seeing Gerbosch bathing June. Because what's Herzog so upset about the entire book? The fact that his best friend uh, essentially um, stole his wife away from him. And that's what troubles him so much, and that's what put him in this state 
And I thought it was him seeing the best friend be good for his daughter that he realizes that, you know, this isn't terrible. This isn't, uh, life is, life isn't absolutely awful. There's some goodness here. I can't let myself be taken by like nihilism and I can't let myself say the like nothing's worth anything because I know my situation's really bad, but Gerbosh is a good dad to Madeline or sorry, Gerbosh is a good dad to June. So I can't be that upset by this anymore. Yeah. I think, so, I think he feels that too. Yeah. I think they're both. I think it's, I think it's two. I think it's him seeing Gerbosh not being, I think he lets a lot of his hatred go. And I think that's why he's not able to pull the trigger. And I think him not being able to follow through with his plan is representative of him starting to change and starting to turn his life around. But I do think that, uh, I don't know, I like your car accident. Because there's a point where he's sitting in the cell and uh, he thinks, of course, he thought he'd leave Chicago immediately and he'd come back only when he was ready to to do June good, genuine good. No more of this hectic, heart-rent, theatrical window peering. No more collision, fainting, you fight him, E cry encounters confrontations. Yeah, no, that's good. Do we want to talk more about the court or the potential trial? Uh, uh, I guess I want to. So, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna try and open it up a little bit and just ask, like, what do you think cured Herzog? Because at the very end of the book, you have the line that said like he had nothing left to say, or I don't know. We should probably find. Does someone? Do you have your book, Josh? Yeah, it says, the very last one? It says, at this time, he had no messages for anyone. Nothing. Not a single word. So then Herzog's uh, neurosis has been cured. And I guess uh, to try and open up this discussion point, uh, what do you think cured Herzog? I don't think he's cured. Interesting. Explain. I don't know. The fact that he's not writing letters, it's not like, oh, perfect. Herzog's (laughs) A-OK. You know, like, I think he's a very capricious person. I think he's, like, very unstable. So a slight lapse in, like, his neurotic letter writing is sure, like, a good sign. But if you look at, like, where he is, it's like, Oh, cool! Like living in a house infested with owls and <laughs> skeletons in the toilet. Ooh. Yeah, like so. I don't know. He's perhaps more content than he was earlier, but I don't think he's cured per se. Because uh, we're left as the reader. I don't think with like there wasn't like a huge reveal like oh he and Ramona got married and filed for custody and got custody of June and Marco came to live with them and everything was happy kind of just left uh, I I feel like nothing was really resolved except for perhaps his his manic ways I think that you are exactly right but I think we need to interpret like you're painting it as a bad thing, but I think it's a good thing because I think Herzog's problem always was that um, he says in a letter that he had problem with like ambiguity and that like mm-hmm. things have to be one thing or another and it can be like you know he, he didn't like gray areas and uh, sure 
I think the book ends and his life is very much a gray area, but I think he's kind of come to terms that it is. So I, I think you're right. Like, I don't think he's happy now and he's going to be happy forever. And he's sure. never going to write another letter, like definitely. But I think he has accepted that it's okay not to be happy all the time. I like agree. he 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 has this like complacent uh, acceptance of like life isn't always great. Sure, and I think that's the uh, where is it? I know I have it in my notes. It's it's like because right before it in the chapter before. He makes his grand um, statement against uh, nihilism. Here it is. So it's, we all love apocalypses too much and floral extremism with its thrilling, long explanations. Excuse me, no. I've had uh, all the monstrosities that I want. And I think in that, like, he, he doesn't think that his life is great, but he also doesn't think that his life is over and there's nothing worth it. And he's just going to try, as flawed as he is, to live. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm of the same opinion that, uh, no, he's not 100% better. But he's also not broken anymore. He doesn't feel the need to confront all these past wrongs. And he's just going to try and live as himself. Which I think is kind of the message. So, Bill, you said... You're not 100% sure, or you've mentioned specifically Herzog, Mary, and Ramona. I want to know if you think he will or not, because he and William had the conversation. He says, William worries uh, that Herzog's going to get himself in another bad relationship that's going to wound up with him hurt. And Herzog says, no, 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 I'm just going to cook the swordfish. Nothing's going to happen. Chill out, bro. Do you think Herzog's going to... Because what was interesting is Bello himself married five times, uh, and I didn't know that until today. So Bello's was married and divorced often, too. Do you think hmm. Herzog and Ramona are meant to be? Do you think he eventually ties a knot? Or what do you see in his future? I... So to answer your question, no. I don't see them getting married. And my answer to this goes back to the very beginning of the section. Um, and I thought, like, that this was very, very funny. The last discussion we had, like, predictions, and many people were like, uh, oh, they're like, Ramona is going to be great, and they're going to be together, and it's going to be great. But I think it was perhaps, like, maybe the third paragraph of this section where Moses says something like, Oh, it would be so nice to love her, but I can't, because that's not me. Do you, Josh, do you have your book? I can look. Give me one second. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's, a, it's. Um, you know, he and Ramona were kissing, then he oh, yeah, here we go, here we go. gets into the it. car. Is it, like, but as soon as he was alone in the rattling cab, he was again the inescapable Moses Herzog. Oh, what a thing I am, what a thing. Uh, the driver raced the lights on the Park Avenue, and Herzog considered what matters were like. I fall upon the thorn, I bleed, then next, I fall upon the thorns of life, I bleed, and what next? I get laid, I take a short holiday, but soon after, I fall upon the same thorns with gratification in pain, or suffering in joy. Well, who knows what a mixture is? Yeah. So that, I don't know, I thought that that was, like, very, very funny. 
Because that's one of the first things that happens. Like, oh yeah, we'll smooch, we'll have fun. And it gets in the car and it's like, fuck this. <laughs> so, to answer your question, no. I don't think he and Ramona will get married. I don't think she's the type that wants to get married. I agree, because how is she portrayed the entire book? But, like, I don't know. Like, where was that? I wish I had the line. It was something like, there's, there was Ramona with a hand on her hip as if she had a dagger in her lace or something like that. Do, do, do you hmm. remember it? So she's just described as this incredibly no, sounds... uh, lusty, uh, amorous figure. And so I think all Herzog and her were up would be is like a happy couple and not necessarily a married couple. I disagree. Yeah. Ooh. What? Throw down. I so All right, Josh. Um so let me first I take issue with your depiction of Ramona, Eric. Um let me read you something from page. Oh, let me 410. just find the a million times where he fixated on her breasts. I'm gonna respond I'm gonna respond to that right after I read this. Um <laughs> Love Bandit, the tabloids used to print over such dark heads. In the 20s, indeed, Ramona Ramona did look like those figures of sex and swagger. But there was something intensely touching about her, too. She struggled. She fought. She needed extraordinary courage to hold this poise. In this world, to be a woman who took matters into her own hands. And this courage of hers was unsteady. At times it trembled. She pretended to look for something in her purse because her cheek quivered it goes on and on she pressed him with her breast but this but (laughs) but now uh i think what they're saying is that romona is not a a sex object uh for moses she's a she's she's a woman who takes what she wants uh and just because she's a sexual being doesn't make her uh you know like slutty right yeah um and then i want to say i kind of view the way i kind of view herzog is that there's pre-enlightenment herzog and post-enlightenment herzog (laughs) Um, okay to me the message i get at the end was that herzog now realizes that uh he had an unhealthy fixation on having sex and that he entered in poor marriages and he realizes his faults and now he's going to try and be better and maybe he will marry Ramona later but he's going to be more cautious and make sure that he has real connection before he jumps into a marriage agreed and I think it's good that uh, Herzog decided to make this swordfish because I I think it's uh, symbolic or maybe even not symbolically but just as an image to go from shrimp to swordfish I think suggests that this relationship is in a much better place and Herzog taking the ownership and putting on the dinner rather than just being served shows that he's going to try. Uh, But there was also, Josh, there was also, when I was reading this criticism, it said Herzog is incapable of love because he's far too focused on himself. Your response to that. He was incapable of love because he was focused on himself is my response. That's pre-enlightenment Herzog you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> Herzog PE <laughs> No, it's Herzog PhD He's got his doctorate I really do think that he had a monumental change as a person And that he's totally different 
I think he will certainly have lapses, but I think that he's mm-hmm. a much different person. I do, and I like Ramona too, which, uh, and I know Josh, you have three bullet points uh, unspoken, uh, but another thing I had down is just uh, Bellow's portrayal of women. I I think it's pretty easy to see all the relationships Herzog is in as like stereotypes because I would I would look at I, I looked at Daisy as just like a middle class every woman and then Herzog wanted something new something adventurous something different so he moved on to Sona who I think you could easily uh, put as the foreign other and then he went to Madeline who I think represented like intellectualism or like avant garde. And then Ramona, who you could box as just like a like a beautiful sexual being, but I think there's more to these women that meets the eye. And I feel like you'd be doing at least with Madeline and Ramona, you'd be doing them a disservice to box them like that. Um, so, so uh, Josh, we can move on. As I mentioned before, I think one of the themes of the novel is him coming to term, terms with with how to live and, and the role that death has in life. And he writes two letters to God, I believe, in this Yeah, novel. he writes to God twice. The first time he says, Dear God, mercy, my God, thou king of death and life. And I mm-hmm. think that is like him accepting that life and death have equal roles uh, and that death isn't more powerful than life um, and like kind of that ambiguity I was talking about like they can exist together in God mm-hmm. and the second time he says this is kind of this is what I would say is post enlightenment Herzog he says how my mind has struggled to make coherent sense I have not been too good at it but have uh, desired to do your unknowable will, taking it and you without symbols. Everything of intensest significance, especially if divested of me. Um, and I know that's just like one line, but he mm-hmm. says right there, but have desired to do your unknowable will, uh, divested of me. Um, and I, I mean, I know... I don't know. I know that I have the bias of, like, I really think that he was called Moses for a reason, and mm-hmm. that probably mm. affects the way I see it, but I I really think that maybe not God, maybe just, like, acknowledging it, because, you know, at the beginning, he's a very vain person, and he thinks he's, like, the most important person. And so maybe it's just right. more about at the end him acknowledging that there's a higher power, there's more things that are more important than him. Um, maybe not God in particular, but I, I don't know. I think that's I think that's good because I think both are interpretations. I think it, uh, it can both validate the importance of uh, isolating yourself to gain perspective, distancing yourself from what's directly in front of you in order to gain some perspective on your life, but also like realizing that there is some sort of either capital or lowercase God that is bigger than you. Like, I think the ending could be both. Sure. And I, like, you can't uh, overlook the fact that his name is Moses. You know, like, obviously that was an intentional 
Like, that's a decision that Saul made mm-hmm. to name him Moses. And uh, I don't know. And I think my opinion is kind of being based around, like, I've read a different book by Bello, uh-huh. or most of it at least. Which is Audie March. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but in this book, a lot of themes, I think, bleed over, where, like, Moses is, um, like, you know, a biblical character, like a leader. He's, like, he freed, you know, the Jews from Egypt and the Pharaoh and led them through the desert and this and that. So he is a leader, and I think that's what post-enlightenment Moses will be, whereas in the past, yeah, for the like, public. you know, like, oh, I can't sue for custody because this guy told me I shouldn't, and oh, I can't do this because of that, and I can't do this. I don't know. I think, I think yeah. he's a little more empowered. And I think what gives your statement uh, a little more credence is the fact that, and I didn't know this until I saw it today, is that apparently this was his number one selling book, and this was uh, Herzog was the book that made Saul Bellow's like uh, household name, and even non-readers recognized him as an author after the publication of Herzog. So maybe that's what he intended to be. His was maybe it's maybe it's Moses, because this character was meant to be a guiding spirit for. Americans at the time of his publication. I mean, I, I definitely do think that he uses Herzog to like rally against the philosophy of death, and in that way, he's kind of leading the public away from that, like, uh, that nihilism. Of, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick. I, I am out of bullet points on things that are questions that i have uh as am i and we have four minutes left so do we want to just jump into bill do you have anything you want to ask no i um no i think we covered everything the same opinion so yeah if we don't have much time left let's go to ratings uh i uh would like to start uh if that's okay i give this book an eight i really enjoyed it i Saul Bellow has a real does a really good job of giving me characters to connect to, and when I read Augie March, I really uh, identified with the main character, and in some respect, I can do so with Herzog. So eight overall because it pulled on my heartstrings on a personal level. How about you, Bill? I am also going to give it an eight. I. Uh, I don't know. It's just so well written and like just the framing devices of him like writing the letter and then thinking about something. Then that memory takes him to like a different part of the narrative. Like it was so well constructed. I feel like this is a book I could read over and over and over again and discover something new or something additional each time I read it. And uh, I don't know, I wish I could take the time to like really dig in deep and analyze it, but I'm very lazy. But it's a great book, 8 out of 10. Okay. Josh, um, final thoughts? I, uh, I went to the DMV one day and I brought Herzog and I got to the, ca- <laughs> I got to the counter. Oh my God, and there was a woman sitting next to I got to, to the you. counter Where's and the there's, author? there was the woman that I was talking to and she was like, oh, 
you brought a book and I was like yeah it's Herzog uh, by Saul Bellow and she was like oh yeah I'm familiar with it I read it and I was like oh what do you think and she said well I I feel like you know books in the 1920s I thought really interesting books now really interesting but there's this 30 year period from like the 50s to the 80s that I just don't find the books very good I just find them boring and I was like oh okay and uh, I think I could see what she's saying I do think the book was slow and kind of dragged at times and I, I feel like you know if you look at the book in the sections that we did it in section one and two could be combined and shortened a little bit because i feel like section three was like the very important part of the book um and it didn't start to like page 300 mm-hmm. um but i agree with you guys that there's a lot to analyze in the book and i sh- had fun doing it um so i also give it an eight out of ten <laughs> all right well i actually have another phone call to make so is it I with me? Leave... 